This this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Impressions Exchange Podcast. I'm Ashley Roberts, Managing Editor of the Printing and Packaging Group at Napco Media. Today, I have some very special guests on the show. I will be speaking with Lisa Cross, Principal Analyst for Napco Research, about the current state of the challenges affecting the printing industry, as well as what we can expect for 2023. Lisa helps to set the stage for the second half of our show, in which Senior Editor Dan Marks takes some time to speak with Linda Bishop, President of Thought Transformation, and Pete Douglas, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Lake County Press. Dan speaks with Linda and Pete about some of the challenges that Lisa and I touch on and explore how printing companies and their sales teams can respond. So Lisa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, great, Ashley. I'm really excited to be here and really um, happy to share uh, some data of what we're seeing on uh, NAPCO research in terms of trends. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm so happy to have you here. So, um, as you know, our senior editor, Dan Marks, um, he had the chance to speak with Linda and Pete, um, and I know that you had a chance to listen to that interview as well. Um, so I think a really good place to start would be, you know, from the NAPCO research side, can you help us kind of set the stage by quantifying um, the current state of the challenges of the printing industry? So in terms of, you know, selling more efficiently, supply chain issues, which we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum. Um, and growth opportunities that you've been seeing? Sure, Ashley. That's a, that's a tough question, though, because sometimes it's like, well, where do you start? Right. Um, yeah. uh, because we work in such a diverse industry and there, there are a lot of challenges, but at the same time, there are a lot of opportunities. Um, so sometimes it's like a, a tale of two industries in a way, you know, pardon the reference to a tale of two cities. But um, lot, I mean, there are a lot of challenges. Um, we do a lot of research at NAPCO Research. We send out a lot of surveys that go to print companies of, that serve various segments to uh, buyers and communication influencers um, that might buy that particular print application. So we survey commercial printers, commercial print buyers, you know, label and packaging printers, label and packaging buyers, and it can go on and on wide format. Um, and it's, it's interesting that, you know, a lot of these trends that we see, you know, go across, you know, all, all segments um, of the industry. But some of the big things um, that we're seeing, um, I, I guess I'll start um, with something you said ad nauseum on supply chain. So I'm not going to talk about supply chain other than to say that um, it is a challenge. And what we see in our research is that people are elevating that activity to a mission critical function. Whereas before, not many people thought about supply chain. They're thinking about it a lot today and they're elevating it to the same level as sales and finance and um, operations. But but some of the things um, that we're really seeing people pursue, um, especially now as organizations are really looking to um, be more profitable and trend that we are seeing is that while a lot of print providers are saying their sales are up, you know, their profitability is down. So, so some of the things we're seeing people do in response to that because of what's happening uh, in the overall uh, economic picture today, we're seeing more of a focus on increasing efficiency um, and, and productivity. So we're seeing people really looking, you know, at their workflows and the equipment that they have and targeting um, investments 
to um, improve productivity, enhance efficiency, and even um, to you know, change some of the products that they might be offering customers to expand uh, into, into new markets. And one data point I can share with you um, on efficiency is that we um, did a survey where we had asked um, commercial printers um, and implants, if there are any implants listening today, um, what their level of agreement was with the statement, automation is the single most important element keeping a print provider operating in the black today. And um, about two thirds of both um, the segments said that was the single most important um, element keeping their operation in the black. It was 65% for implants and 62% for commercial printers on, on that one. So productivity is a big one. So was that, was that surprising to you to see that, or was that something that you were expecting that people would be, uh, you know, thinking that automation is that critical? Well, you know, I thought anecdotally it would be critical because when you you know look at the history of, of workflows in the industry and how, and, and how um because we all we, we also track you know how automated is your workflow is it highly automated um you know somewhat automated manual mostly manual and usually we find that it's like in the middle that there's a lot of room for that to go so so the importance of it yeah but but I think what really caught me on this question was the that we asked is it the single most important element so that so so it kind of elevated that importance that you know that they that that automation is so important today and productivity is so important I mean it's always been important in manufacturing but you know today um even even more so as you see you know the industry transition from you know historical conventional printing methods you know more to digital and we're, we're only seeing in our data that transition accelerate, that movement um, to uh, digital output um, increasing. I don't really have a number on that. It, it's just that I know that, uh, I mean, when we look at a question like that, we look at several data points that we have when we ask a survey that tell us like, you know, that that move to digital, that move to digital workflows, you know, is just continuing like, to, for so many reasons, right? To minimize touches yeah. and minimize errors, reduce costs, um, have better insight into what's happening in your, your workflow and your operation. So, so, you know, so many reasons and, and those translate to benefits to customers because customers want to know those things. Um, we often find in our surveys, you know, we'll ask a print buyer or whatever you want to call them today, a print buyer, a communication influencer, um, what are the types of things that you want to learn about, you know, from your print provider? What do you want them to educate you on? Because everybody, everybody wants to provide content to their customers and educate their customers. And usually what buyers tell us is, you know, they do want to learn more about, you know, how to prepare a file um, for a job or more about um, special effects to make their, you know, print product, um, their, their print communication stand out or maybe they want to know about you know, digital printing, you know, but they're, they're looking for their print provider to educate them, you know, on these things. And if you're a print provider, I'd jump on that bandwagon because if you're educating someone on how to better, you know, submit a job file, well, well that's saving you cost and time and money and improving your efficiency. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think that is really important. And I think, uh, efficiency and productivity today. And I, I think print providers know that. And I think 
Um, they're, they're trying to, um, uh, customers know it too. And I think if you're a savvy provider, you'll kind of translate that into a better way to serve your customer. And, and so the print buyers, you know, um, they want to know how to, um, have the, the, their process be more efficient. So like, as you said, preparing files and everything, are they also wanting to know the, and you mentioned digital prints, are they, do they want to know about the actual print process, how they're from, from soup to nuts, how things are being produced? I think there is, um, I'm not, I'm not sure soup to nuts would be the word that I would use, but I do think they want to be educated and they do want to know because we asked, um, we asked recently in a survey if the print buyers, um, if they specified the printing process and or the brand of equipment used to print a particular job. And we were surprised by, you know, how many respondents told us that they uh, were specifying the process that they did um, have have a say in that, mm. and they did care about the equipment. And what that kind of told us was that, well, if you're, you know, a print provider, maybe you should educate your customers or prospects on what processes you have, because I know there was a trend in the industry. Oh, you know, don't you know you don't need to tell people what processes you print, or don't put an equipment list on your website. That's taboo. And you know. I don't think that that should be the case. I think people want to know, you know, what your capabilities are. Um, right. I think the issue is, is that that's not the only way you want to market your company. Mm -hmm. It's not that you shouldn't share that information, but you shouldn't think that, you know, the equipment list on your website is, is marketing. It's not, but it is a critical piece of information that, you know, I, I always thought people should share and that our data validates that buyers um, of print, you know, would like to know that. So maybe it's a good idea to, to uh, include that. Interesting. So it sounds like some, you know, some level of transparency and education is definitely, you know, important. Yeah. And, and now that I, you know, I actually remembered what the number was. Sometimes, you know, you have a, a lot of numbers circulating in your mm -hmm. head when you're an analyst, you want to get the right one. But um, in this survey that, um, that we recently did, 86% of our print buyers said that they specify the print processes and our brands of printing devices used to produce their work. Wow. So that's, wow. That, that's, that's a pretty high number, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and I got to tell you, Ashley, every time I, I share that number, cause we we've seen it in other, uh, research studies that we've done throughout the years is that's just the most recent one. People will question us on that. Like, are you sure? Are you? And like, yeah, that's what they're saying. Like, you know, so do something about it. You know, I'm not, you know, we're not making up the data. People mm -hmm. are taking surveys. We're validating who takes the survey, um, making sure that, you know, um, all, you know, we go through all of our data line by line to make sure that, you know, the responses make sense before we tabulate them and get these numbers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I just want to share a little bit more on some of our survey research on what um, print buyers tell us. Uh, because, you know, Linda Bishop talked about selling. And I think um, that if you're going to sell and market uh, to, um, you need to know some of the data that that we've, we've uncovered here. I think, I think it would be, um, useful. Uh, one of the questions uh, we did ask is, um, what are the reasons that you select a print provider? You know, that's, that's always good to know. And, and, and we asked, what were your top three? So, you know, no surprise, what were the top three? You know, quality and price, well, top two. The third one was quite interesting. That was uh, creativity. Um, and then the ones that were also important were 
They, you know, select their provider based on how innovative they are, the excellent customer experience that they get, uh, the services that they offer, because they're looking for broad service offerings, and the technical um, capabilities of that provider. So I, I think um, knowing those attributes are important to customers and prospects or um, can help in, in targeting sales messages and marketing efforts, you know, around those um, attributes. And, and another thing that I, I'm always surprised to see when we survey print buyers is that they prefer to work with uh, providers that are G7 certified. Mm, that they're, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, um, and it's usually like a recent survey, we did two thirds of our buyer respondents wanted to work with providers that are G7 certified. And yeah. I think we even might have an update of that number that I can't, I, I can't um, think of off the top of my head. But that's always that, that's always coming up a lot um, that buyers today really care about, you know, the delivery of consistent color, you know, across applications, across platforms. So it's important to promote those efforts. And, and one of the reasons color might even be more important than ever is because when you think of how we communicate today, how it's not just print, right, it's print and an email and a website and, and mobile. So, you right. know, color is in so many different formats. And people want their colors, you know, to be to be consistent, not only side by side, but um, across platforms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We I've, I've definitely um, our um, subject matter experts and color consistency. I've, I've definitely um, heard that before. So it, it that makes sense to me that that then they would be searching for printers who are able to provide, um, you know, color consistency and, and ensure that. Um, and of course brands, that's huge. Um, so definitely a very, very cool point. Um, and you mentioned the creativity aspect, which I think is, is pretty interesting. I mean, you know, I would think, yeah, that, that people would want to work with, um, printers who are going to be a partner in that process, but it's interesting that that is, um, you said it was like number what, number three, four of number the most, three. yeah, of most important things. I, I think that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, people really are looking for, you know, creativity um, in their printer today because there's, you know, print's gone through an evolution. There's so many things you can do with print today that you couldn't do in years past, you know, with the uh, personalization and special effects and format sizes um, and, and types of things you can produce and, and even, even, you know, organizations who might not have been able to use print in the past, uh, because of quantity restrictions and costs can use it now. So there's a lot of, a lot, you know, a lot of people wanting to, to turn to print. And, um, and I think that creativity is important because there's so many more things that, that people, uh, can do that they need help in doing, and mm -hmm. they need education and doing it. You know, like, um, you know, maybe you want to add like some type of uh, coding, you know, to mm -hmm. uh, to emboss, um, enhance your image so that, it, you know, this thing comes through the mail, it, it stands out. Um, you know, people need to know, like, know it about its existence and know how to right. use it and know the best practices and know how to design for it. So they're really, you know, looking um, uh, for their print provider to be that partner and, and help in that creative process. Right. And I think, you know, um, one of our, so one of our brands is Brand United and we talk to the brands, marketers, agencies, print buyers, that side of the, the um, segment. And 
one of the things that we try to write about is kind of that bridge of, you know, here are what the printers can do, but getting that kind of awareness factor, that information over to the the brands and the print buyers and the marketers, like, hey, this is, these are all the incredible things that you can do with print. So, and one of the things we highlighted recently was something that went out for one of our, um, our Printing United Expo direct mail piece, it had a scent component. So there, and that's a UV coating that was added to the direct mail piece. Well, a lot of brands might not even be, or, or print buyers might, might not be thinking about scent or scent marketing um, and how powerful that can be. But that's something that printers can, can offer to, you know, their, their wow. customers. So it's it, definitely, I think that's what you said is just you know, yeah. spot on. I, I have to know though, what, what, what was the scent? What was it the was... smell? <laughs> What's trade show smell? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I was wondering the same thing until I saw it. It was actually sunscreen. Oh. So it was, uh, and I can share with you the image. It was a, um, a sun and like a Las Vegas scene and it smelled of sunscreen. It was really cool. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and I, and I'm sure there are a lot of buyers out there that, you know, think that it's so complicated today to add scent. Right. Printing, you know, like they'll remember like, you know, way back when, back in the day where, you know, people would um, have a scented piece and, and think it might be too expensive or, or not for them. Um, exactly. So that, that, that's great. I, I'm glad you shared that example. I would, yeah. I, I hope I'm on that mailing list. <laughs> yes. If not, I'll, I'll get you one. I have, <laughs> I have a ton of them. Um, so great. So uh, I think that was really, really helpful in, in setting the stage. Is there anything else you wanted to share on that? On that note, um, uh, just one more thing, since yeah. we're talking about, you know, reaching your, your buyers and marketing to them. Uh, one other question that we ask a lot is, you know, how do you find your print providers? You know, how do you, if you're, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you find them? Like if you have a job coming up and you need a new print provider, I mean, beyond like, you know, a lot of people have long-term relationships with their providers, but if they're looking for a, a, a new one or looking to try something new, what are the things you do? So um, some of the ways um, that they do it is they, they use online channels, right? They might go to your website. They might look at your social media page or your LinkedIn page. Um, you know, they might go to um, your website and see who your customers are and see if there's case studies there or um, that that's one way uh, online outreach. So that that that's important. And 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 a lot of times we tell people like if somebody comes to your your website, what do they see? What's there? Right? Mm -hmm. Like like do you look like a, a thought leader? Are you really clearly like representing what your company does? Or does you know somebody come to your website and they don't have a clue what what your company is about? Right. Um, in person events is is a is another way um, that they find their printers. And I know you know. We can talk about that now because, you know, in-person events have, have, have come back, you know, because yeah. um, I even know when, um, when we couldn't meet in person, there are a lot of um, print providers that were having virtual events to kind of wasn't the same, but they were doing, doing something to, um, to engage their customers. But um, in-person events is, is one way that uh, they find providers um, and uh, printed marketing materials that are sent to them. You know, how many print providers, you know, send uh, direct mail to their customers, you know, showing what we can, what we can do. Mm -hmm. So um, some of the most common ways that buyers tell us that they find their print providers are, you know, from, you know, online channels, in-person events and printed materials um, th themselves, because, you know, um, and, and, and when you think about it, you know, maybe online that initial way they find someone, you know, you, 
you do a little diligence, a little research to see what the company's about. Then, you know, in person, you go to an event and you actually get to meet and see like who you might be doing business with. Um, and then printed material, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? The actual sample is showing you, you know, what that company um, is, is capable um, of doing. Um, I just think print samples myself are just so powerful. And especially if you show people what they can do, especially if you have, you know, invested in um, a new press that can do um, enhanced printing that um, like, like neon yellows or pinks or some type of coding, something that's beyond you know, CMYK, um, or even with variable data printing or personalization, you know, really demonstrating that in a print sample, because, you know, um, our experience is that a lot of times people just can't conceptualize it, you know, you can right. tell them what it's going to be. But if you show them, it's just a lot more powerful. So our recommendation with a data point like this, and like I said, we ask this question quite a bit, you know, how do you find your print providers, is that, you know, you really need to use um, multiple touch points, uh, to reach um, customers and prospects today. It can't just be about one. You really have to have a multi-pronged uh, strategy. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a great point, you know, especially appealing to a more, you know, creative mind who needs that visual kind of show of what's possible to spark the creativity. I think that's that's a- And one more very important thing I forgot in that, mm -hmm. um, in that discussion mm -hmm. was um, the importance of referrals you know, asking your current customers to give you referrals, right? Um, because a lot of times people are afraid, you know, to, to make that request to ask for some type of uh, referral, and maybe another uh, referral you need to ask for is even within an organization, if you're doing printing for one department in an organization, ask for a referral to another. Yeah, but that's, a, that's another, um, another way that people, um, buyers are finding, uh, or buyers, buyers are, are finding print providers. Yes. So. Yeah. Great. Great. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to ask you one other question. Um, and it was something that Linda brought up, um, when she was speaking with Dan and it was regarding the challenges affecting printing companies and their sales teams, as we've mentioned. Um, so she said, you know, one of the questions is, will 2023 be a repeat of 2022? So do you have any insights there? Do you have any upcoming research or, you know, what are, what are your thoughts there? Oh, the crystal ball question. Yes. <laughs> Boy. Um, it'd be great if we had one and we could, you know, we had perfect visibility um, into the, the future. Um, at the moment, we are working on that. What do we think is going to happen in 2023 based on um, our survey research? So we have a survey that will be in the field um, shortly. Uh, every year we do um, a survey um, of commercial printers and commercial print buyers. It's an annual service we do. It's our annual um commercial print uh, trends and strategy service. So our survey is uh, going to be in the fields um, in October and we should start releasing um, information, you know, end of year, beginning of next year to really, you know, have an idea as to what's gonna happen or, or what, what um, print providers and buyers are telling us they expect is gonna happen because, you know, I could give you my opinion and so could a lot of other consultants, but, you know, really, to, to form that opinion, we, we need research and we need survey data. And um, when we go out to our commercial, you know, our readers of printing impressions and implant impressions and some of the brand United readers, um, you know, we ask them about trends and what they expect in the year ahead. Like, you know, like what happened in the last year 
and what do you think is going to happen in the next 12 months? And we usually get back some really great data in terms of, you know, application spending, uh, growth. Uh, if you're a print provider, you know, is your, do you expect, did your business grow? Do you expect it, uh, the growth to continue? Um, what type of applications are in high demand? And, um, and, um, and other things, you know, rel relative to, to print and production and efficiency. Great. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks, Ashley. Of course. And come back on the show. Of course. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. Thanks. Stick around because coming up next, Dan will be speaking with Linda and Pete. Want to join the entire printing industry in Vegas? Printing United Expo, taking place October 19th to the 21st, will span two halls of the Las Vegas Convention Center, encompassing 1 million gross square feet of booth space, all focused on print and supporting the industry. If you're looking for new equipment, networking, or education, Printing United Expo has you covered. Grab your team and explore aisles and aisles stacked with printing equipment, solutions, trends, and exhibitors ready to show you the latest and greatest in the industry. Save the date and head to printingunited.com to register today. These are interesting times for the U.S. economy and for printing businesses. Despite the challenges we all know so well, supply chain disruptions, paper shortages, a tight labor market, a looming recession, and the reverberations of a global pandemic, business for many is quite robust. Salespeople are busy. In many cases, says Linda Bishop, president of Thought Transformation, they are so busy servicing accounts that they lack the time needed to sell. So we're going to learn more about that today. Welcome, Linda. Glad to be here, Dan. Great to have you. Linda, can you tell us a little bit about this phenomenon and uh, what it looks like today for many sales teams? So I um, am lucky to talk to salespeople across the country. And one of the things that is a recurring theme this year seems to be the challenges in just moving transactional business along. So sales teams are very focused on overcoming those challenges but less so on the fact that 2023 is right around the corner and that things could change very rapidly. And maybe you should be doing more to prospect now to find new business for the year ahead. Okay. Well, uh, to give a sort of color commentary on this discussion today, we also have joining us on this episode, Pete Douglas. He is Senior Vice President and Director of Sales and Marketing at Lake County Press. So welcome, Pete. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, Pete, just so we can understand a little better about uh, Lake County Press, um, obviously, um, how busy are you right now? And can you tell us a little bit about the company, maybe the applications and market areas you serve? Sure. Uh, LCP has um, been in business for over 50 years. We're located in the Midwest. We're servicing clients all across the country. Uh, we have um, several different distinct market segments that we service, most of them on the higher end brands. And um, we have about 176 full-time employees operating three shifts. Uh, we have uh, diverse offerings to help with the value-added sale for our salespeople. And we employ uh, 20 salespeople, including myself, handling a book of business. Okay, okay. Um, 
And um, Linda, uh, from some discussions I've had with some of the PSPs out there, things are going well, but there's a certain level of uncertainty. So can you describe some of the factors that are causing the uncertainty and how that may be affecting sales efforts today? And as you're going through this, like, is, is the concern that the current good times may be temporary or is it something else? Yeah, I think the fact that there have been so many supply chain challenges, Dan, have really made clients skittish about being open to a prospecting conversation or anything like that. However, those same clients are also frustrated. You know, in the printing industry, I mean, one salesperson said he felt like every week there was a new price increase on paper. I don't think that's 100% true, but it gives you sort of the feeling of what many salespeople are experiencing. So clients at the beginning, they've also had the same supply chain client challenges for many of them. You know, they've either seen their wages go up or the products that they produce go up. So they were willing to go along with their print suppliers as prices went up. Mm-hmm. But there is, I think, as the year ends and budgets sort of restart for 2023, many people are saying, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this at all next year. Or uh, one of uh, my uh, one print provider told me that I. Uh, client who used to do $150,000 worth of printing has Mm -hmm. shrunk it down to just doing 50. Of course, the paper for that $50,000 worth of printing is less, but they reduced page counts, they reduced quantities, they did a lot to reduce the overall size of the account. So for salespeople, even though you're really busy now, the real question you have to ask yourself is, will 2023 repeat what 20 is happening now for 2022. Okay. And, and Pete, just to um, uh, kind of expand on this, obviously I'm sure Lake County press has been dealing with, with paper supply um, challenges. Uh, it's harder to get. And do you find that you're having uh, customers, um, you know, uh, like Linda said, doing shorter page counts, doing shorter runs, but it still requires the same amount of service from your sales team. Yes, we've had, um, you know, paper's been an ongoing problem for 18 months uh, and is projected out through the end of 23, certainly through the summer of 23, talking with several of the mills that we've had discussions with, uh, certainly seems to be an ongoing issue. Now with the sales force, you know, it's, a, it's the old adage, they're too busy to, to prospect and when they're slow, they're they're too busy to prospect. Uh, it's, it's, it's an ongoing <laughs> issue, right? So right. Right now we have a situation where, you know, we're busy. Uh, the presses are booked. We're out 60 days and uh, they go out and they sell a job. We take a couple of weeks to get the paper and then we have to get on the press and get the schedule done. And salespeople are reluctant to have to give bad news to a client when they have to tell them one, the Projects are delayed from the timeline because of the paper delays, and two, perhaps there's a price increase as a result of the material cost with paper. Now, I have to comment mm-hmm. on Linda's uh, comment about the the price increase from the paper mills. It is it is something that's been occurring every every month for sure, and it's anywhere from seven to eight percent on a monthly basis. Mills sending out emails wow. saying their product material cost is going up eight percent, 
And we even have a situation now where we quote a job and it may be 10, 15 days from the time that we quote it till we actually receive the order. Yeah. And we place the order with the merchant and the price has gone up in that time period. So we've had to put a disclaimer on our estimates to inform the clients that the job is not confirmed pricing until the paper is ordered. So it's another dynamic within the whole sales process that people have to manage their clients, manage the expectations, and certainly try to uh, help, uh, you know, kind of sure up that relationship to let the client know they're working on, on their behalf. We're trying mm -hmm. to secure the paper. And it's just another dynamic within our whole industry that has uh, really created some hardships with, uh, with relationship with customers. Now, I'll agree with Linda that uh, there have been multiple jobs that we've been uh, either reduced and or have gone digital versus being offset. And um, to that end, I mean, that may open up another area within our business that will help with huh? the variable data content. So they're going to a smaller market as opposed to running 100,000 brochures. Maybe they're only running 5,000 and maybe incorporating some digital uh, content into that. That may help, uh, you know, look pare down their their customer base and really have more of a targeted approach but mm -hmm. pete does your uh does uh, lake county press's sort of model support that idea of doing shorter run higher value printing we do we do we have a, a a digital department we have an integrated cross media team as well that can help work with customers to look at what they're trying to achieve and then look at how we can utilize their artwork and their messaging to extract a certain response rate for a certain mailing. Okay, Linda, let's talk about um, the the concept of uh, you know uh, re business reduction if if a recession does come our way. Um, obviously, the the stock market is interesting. Uh, inflation is puzzling. Um, there's a lot of question marks floating out there. So, what do you see as possibilities there, and and what should printing business businesses be looking at? I think you have to dig into your current customer base, Dan, and really take a hard look at who is buying from you. You know, for example, I don't, you know, if you have healthcare as a client, I don't know that I think that's going to go through a recession. You know, if you were doing automotive, I don't know that I think, you know, there's tons of pent up demand for automotive, you know, so would that be a uh, if you're uh, printing for somebody who's building, mm -hmm. mm, that peak may have passed and maybe you need to re rethink. I think it's all about really looking hard at who, if, if you're a sales professional who wants to grow, taking that hard, deep dive look into your own account base mm -hmm. and possibly even thinking about, you know, going off with, you know, Pete, as an example, you know, who's a strategic thinker, you know, finding some other strategic thinkers within your company and having your own little mini retreat to talk mm -hmm. about opportunities. Because I think for most printers, at least the ones that I know that I feel like are coming through everything and doing fine now, they have more to sell than just printing, you know, so what opportunities could you take advantage of if you really dug down and thought about the, you know, what's available to sell? Mm -hmm. So really looking also at the, at value added services, not just as an add-on, but as truly additional services that can be offered. Uh, Pete, uh, what is your uh, 
uh, reaction to that? And how has Lake County Press addressed that? Yes, I would agree. I mean, uh, last year, 2021, we had a total revenue of 46 million. 2022, we're projected revenue of just under 50 million. Uh, the growth is really, uh, it's not in the offset arena. Uh, less than 50% of our revenue is from offset printing. The rest is made up in combination of digital, uh, Kutchy Digital, grand format, web to print sites, mailing, fulfillment, storage, and pick and pack. And so what we've done as a company with the management team, we sat down, looked at our account base, looked at our top 25 accounts. We dissected what we're doing for those top 25 accounts. Mm -hmm. Met with the sales reps. If we're only doing digital for them right now, have we talked to them about doing offset? Are right. we only doing offset for them now? Have we talked to them about doing grand format? And so these are the things that we're having discussions with our customers about is looking at what other product specialists that we have within our organization that can help shore up the salesmen's really it's their assurance and, and confidence when they go in and talk to a customer about the product that we're selling them. So salespeople are reluctant to sell a technology that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And so to that end, what we've done is we've hired product specialists in grand format. We've had hired product specialists within web development. We've hired product specialists within fulfillment and mailing. And these are people that are available to go out with the salesman and make a joint call with them to try to expand our offerings within the organization we're already doing work with. And now with this pandemic, it's very difficult to sell. <laughs> it's uh, un, it, it's, it's un, un, unprecedented. I've been doing this 34 years and I have never had a situation where you can go to hold of a customer, one, that they're not in their office. Mm -hmm. Two, you're not even sure if they're still employed. Right. Three, what are they buying? Because you haven't talked to them or seen them or met them in two years. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult. Uh, the best way is to get into someone you already have a relationship and have a rapport built with and have them refer you into a different area within their organization that may be purchasing something that you can supply them. So yeah. that is definitely uh, the only way right now that's been successful in really building our business is going to the clients we're already working with. Okay. I yeah. think one, one thing I'm hearing there, and I'd, I'd love to hear your um, reaction to this as well, Linda, but the idea of having uh, multiple funnels into your business. Right. I think, um, you know, uh, for a company that comes from an offset background, that's sort of the mindset and the idea that everybody comes through this, uh, this offset funnel, and maybe you can sell them some other stuff, right. but to really view each one as a door an entry door, uh, into the business, Linda thoughts. Yeah. I mean, Dan, like even why I know Pete to tell you that, to, cause I think this is sort of reflects, you know, massive changes in the industry is yeah. many, many years ago, I spoke for the a printing industry conference and I met um, the person who at that point was in charge of sales. And he told me, hey, if you're ever in Chicago, come by and see our facility. And so mm -hmm. my family's from Chicago. I went and saw their facility. They, at that point in time, and, and I date myself by saying this, but I know it had to be close to 15 you know years ago now they were already in the warehouse business and it just struck me at that point in time i had never been to a printer who was running an independent warehouse yeah but i think the way of the future is again people have communications they are now very stretched resources you know in their marketing department they're experiencing the same challenges everybody else can do what is it that they want to accomplish what are their goals are they mm -hmm. looking for a way to support 
um, sales enablement for a hybrid workforce? Do they wish they had a better warehouse solution? Are they doing mailing but not sure that they really are getting their bang for their buck? Do they just want to produce, um, have a greener print initiative and produce fewer brochures and less waste? You know, there's really things like this are more of the problems that sales needs to be prepared to discuss than do you have a printing project I can quote on? Right. Um, Dan, I wanted to add this because something that uh, struck me, this is my tip to salespeople. Nobody, me included, ever asks for enough referrals. There's people that love you right now that know somebody else who would be a perfect fit for you. And to go to what Pete said, in the hybrid work world, sometimes it's really hard to hunt somebody down in their office. You can't mm -hmm. even do a drive-by sampling like I used to do <laughs> when I was sold. You know, so asking for more referrals from people that already love you is really a smart strategy for all sales professionals. Okay. Um, so Pete, um, in Linda's answer there, there were a lot of different suggestions and it, what do you hear that resonates there? And, and um, I guess one of the questions I had was with your uh, challenges in um, selling, you said selling has gotten harder because it's just harder to connect with people. What are you doing to try to fill that gap? And are you having any, having any success in really getting through and, and building relationships or, or rekindling them? Yeah, I think for us, many, you know, our, our start in the early 90s and working with the, the graphic designers and managing some of the high-end design firms and agencies around the country. Mm -hmm. uh, that Obviously, that pendulum has swung back to the corporations managing that uh, print spend through the purchasing department. Uh, you know, having those relationships within the marketing departments is certainly important. And then yeah. to that end, working with them to try to create um, a solution uh, to help manage their brand. And that's really what we do here at LCP is manage our clients' brands. And that management of the brand is done through basically different output devices. So the output device can be an offset press, a digital press, a website, mm -hmm. ASI items, wearables, sure. mugs, things along that line, uh, fulfillment. And for us, it's been successful in going to the clients that we're working with currently talking to them about grand format, for instance. Let's talk about environmental signage. We're not doing that for you right now. Let's show you some case studies of other clients that we work with that are in your same industry that may resonate with you after looking at our samples. So mm -hmm. having these Zoom meetings and presentations have been helpful to be able to spread the word within our current and existing client base to try to expand into different markets or different areas within the existing customer. So. It's been the best way for us to, to grow our business. We've had a, another acquisition as well, which has helped. Uh, but um, you know, doing some case studies has really been very helpful for us to be able to present to a customer that may be in the same market, mm -hmm. see what we're doing for them and to show them that, hey, we have this capability. We're already doing it. We're already a valued member of your team. Perhaps you could look for us to give us an opportunity. Okay. And uh, also following up on Linda's comment about, uh, you know, trying to do almost like a, a, a mini retreat with some of the forward thinkers, thinkers within your business. Um, yeah, we, is we, that, we, we, go yeah, ahead. we do that. Uh, we do that in the sense of kind of a, a cookout type of a thing. We have a, 
I have a six month summer sales meeting in my backyard with uh, all the salespeople and uh, some of the key executive management team members. We have kind of a breakout session uh, throughout the year. We sit down one-on-one -on -one with each salesperson. Uh, some of the sales leaders within our, our company, we have uh, individual meetings with the management team and them to kind of check in with what they're working on and what their thoughts are. Okay. Certainly want to get them as part of the, a voice uh, on the management team so they know that their ideas and thoughts are, are, are valued. Sure. So, uh, definitely that is a good idea and certainly worth um, listening to everyone to get their input. And um, sometimes it aligns uh, with what you're thinking and other times it may be a complete 180 degree that it's at least worth listening to and checking out. Yeah, okay. And Linda, um, I know one thing um, you, have, uh, you and I talked earlier, uh, the idea of looking at where sales teams or sales uh, professionals are spending their time. Uh, I assume that's like doing a time audit. Um, what are the, what's the value of that? And, and in today's um, environment, how can that help? I think, Dan, like I always remember, everybody's a creature of habit. And I tend to do things exactly the same way every single day. If you want to add more selling to your life as a sales professional, it's best to figure a way to break out of your current habits. So how can you do that? And that would be something as it literally could be as simple as, hey, instead of scheduling meetings from 11 to 12, that is when I take a look at, you know, I mean, if you at, you could literally, if you spent 10 minutes thinking about six different people, you could come up with plans and then it's easier to implement those plans. I think the most important thing is if you're working on business that you've already been awarded, that is servicing. It is not selling. It, it's valuable to the client, but it's not necessarily even earning you future opportunities in today's world. Whereas taking the time to shoot off that email and say, hey, you know, I, I thought about this this morning. There's a postal promotion going on for all printers that, you know, have direct mail in-house for, uh, that goes from now till the end of the year. It's a 4% discount. No individual mailer really wants to probably fill out all the paperwork involved in that. They need help from their printer, you know. Uh -huh. So have you reminded your clients who mail that this is available and would you like to know more? And then to go what Pete to what Pete said is, if I'm in sales, I don't want to know, be down in the weeds knowing how to fill out the paperwork. I want to get someone on the phone who's competent in that area with me to answer questions that the client might have. So it's my job to set the table and then somebody else can help me cook the meal, so to speak. Okay. I'm going to st uh, stick with you, Linda, here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about as, as companies are, you know, uh, now in the, the fourth quarter of the, or nearing the fourth quarter of the year, um, you know, obviously uh, there are companies that have done very well this year. They're, they're moving toward maybe a strong finish. Um, what are some things that they can do for their sales teams to help them finish as strong as they want to and give them uh, the best leg up on what 2023 will bring? I, I would say for 2023, you know, even if you're really successful, of course, I'm going to say this because I am a believer in the power of print, but 
I'd say take a hard look at your collateral and see if it actually reflects what it is that you do, the value you bring, and what it is that you want to sell so that salespeople have the arrows they need in their quiver for the coming year. You know, mm -hmm. that would be one thing I'd definitely say. Um, the other thing is take a hard look at your website. You know, is your website, that's where, that's the first sales rep that many people just looking around, particularly if they're a millennial buyer who lands on your website, yep. you know, ends up with. So does it look, have the depth that you need to earn you that sales conversation? And then I also think too, if you don't have a global, you know, if a, a global representation of who your customers are and who your prospects are, it's very possible you really don't have enough prospects in the funnel if something did happen to a big customer. Mm -hmm. So the only way you really get insight on that is if you are someone in Pete's position where you have access to see who everybody is working on, you know, it's so do whoever's in charge of sales leadership, do they have access to that data? Can they look and see who's really in the funnel? And then can, do they have any insight on who's being worked? You know? So. Okay. And, and Pete, uh, that global view that Linda talked about being able to see who's in the funnel, who's being um, uh, serviced right now, um, when you've been able to look into that um, data source, are there is there anything that's surprising that comes back out at you, or is it just the the power of having um, the ability to measure these things? Well, the measurement for me, quite frankly, is is uh, you know I'm more of a results kind of guy than uh, than efforts. Uh, we've got a lot of salespeople here. With any corporation, you have salespeople that are have a lot of prospects and mm -hmm. the prospects that they have uh, are names on a list, right? Those names on a list that they've contacted, they've sent information to. And that's the extent of it. There's no yeah. follow-up. There's no plan for subsequent discussions. There's no plan for follow-up mailings to talk about different types of aspects of our business. And it's really kind of a hope that someday their brother-in-law is going to go to work there <laughs> and be able to get a job from them because it's on their list, right? Uh, right. So we try to segment our, our prospects down to maybe 10 to 15, 20 people uh, that they're actually actively working, mm -hmm. talking to, that they're engaging with, that they're sending information to. They're talking about one week or one month, they send information about uh, di uh, digital mailing. The next month, they're sending information about grand format. The next month, they're sending information about perhaps ASI items. Yeah. So anything that might be able to capture their attention of one aspect of our business may be the way in. Mm -hmm. It may not necessarily be printing. It may be some other service that we're offering that they may not have even thought of us on. So, um, you know, this ASI uh, offering now we have is has been has been beneficial for a couple of accounts to at least get us in the door to have the discussions to find out where the bodies are buried, find out who the key decision makers are that may not be the person you're actively working with. So. It's different ways to get in the door to find out where then you can go to from there. But uh, you have to actively and effectively be working a smaller amount of people as opposed to having the shotgun approach that many people try to use that is completely ineffective. So. Okay. And just in, in today's sales environment where things have changed um, quite a bit in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. do you find that there are different resources that sales professionals need 
to do their jobs different and, than they had yes for two sure. years ago from from our our perspective it used to be as linda mentioned you know driving by and dropping off samples and your your dozen donuts and hopeful to get an audience to capture their attention uh now it's it's um really trying to figure out who the key decision makers are mm -hmm. and then targeting them with effective materials whether that's through an email process or a phone call or a direct mail campaign that may uh may uh look to a case study that we've done with someone that's in the similar uh industry so there's there's it's more difficult than it's ever been now to prospect there's no question about it and i'm very conscious of that when i meet with salespeople to understand that that sales cycle that may have been four to six eight months now is is certainly longer you, you may take you three or four months to even find out who the right person is to be talking to right right uh, as opposed to before where linda and i would walk in the door and meet with uh our, our customer and and have a discussion and go to lunch uh you're lucky to even be able to to get them on the phone let alone try to go to lunch with them so it, it's different times and you have to adapt in different ways to try to to try to be able to get in front of somebody that at least will give you an audience and that's the key for us right now okay and before we wrap up linda i'd like to just um do the lightning round here um what's one thing that sales managers or business owners should be doing today to foster uh efficient and effective sales in today's market I think um, look at the messages that your people are sending out. You know, a lot of people still message very similar to what I did many, many years ago. So I'm back then I just told people what I did. I flung that over the fence and that was enough to maybe get me a meeting. Oh yeah, I'm looking for that. Now the messaging has to be, you have this problem. We solve it for you. It's more the challenger selling model, you know, and we can solve this for you. We've solved it for other people to go to what Pete said about the case study concept. You know, if you're interested in having a conversation, let's talk. So I think look at your either control it yourself by creating the messaging for people or at least take a hard look, share the information of what people are saying out there in the market to represent your company. Okay. And Pete, if there's one thing you could tell colleagues to do, what would it be? Uh, don't give up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's easy. It's easy now to uh, answer the phone, um, but eventually the phones will stop ringing. And it's because that certainly there, there's a decline within our industry uh, mm -hmm. for a need for the products that we're providing. And it's now time to be creative on what other services that you can offer that will provide solutions for your customers to solve the problems they have. And that's really mm -hmm. what I tell our salespeople now is, you know, talk to the clients that you're working with. Who are they working with? What are their issues? What other services can we provide that we're not doing for them now? And they're buying it from somebody else. They're not buying it from you. Right. That's a lot to think about. So thank you both, uh, Linda and Pete, for chatting with me today and, and uh, good luck as we move uh, toward the end of the year. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate your time. Back to you. I want to thank my guest and colleague, Lisa, for coming on the show today. And I would love to thank my co-host, Dan, for bringing Linda and Pete onto the show. And thank you to all of you, our listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Impressions Exchange Podcast.